a podcast about the overlooked, forgotten, and underground tales of San Francisco. This is Sorted SF. Hi. Hi. Are you going to hold that mic to your face the entire time? Just like a professional podcaster does, sure. I don't think professional podcasters hold anything, except their drinks in their hands, and maybe their phones that they're reading their script off of. Well, you've got a drink and a phone. (laughs) I've got a mic and a really terrible root beer. See, I think all root beer is terrible. This one's especially terrible. Um, I have a lot of friends that drink this, and uh, I'm questioning my friend's sanity at this moment. Interesting. I, um, I've never drank a root beer by itself, like in full. I've maybe had a sip or two and I'm consistently disappointed, but I will have it. I have dabbled in root beer floats Yeah. because the like vanilla ice cream kind of cuts the grossness. What's gross about it for you? I think it's just sweet and I'm not a sugary person. I'm a savory gal. Um, and root beer is just know. gross. I've seen you dome some candy when we're <laughs> when we're having uh, audio engineering meetings for the podcast. Met Gala stuff. You've been looking on your phone while I've been uh, preparing. I have. Um, what's, what's the thing you saw? I saw that Jared Leto is actually a furry. He is, and Doja Cat also dressed as a cat. Hers was more classy. Jared Leto's was more furry. Um, but you know I, he's going to be banging in that thing later. Ew. I mean, he's hot. But he's also getting banged in that thing later. He's we also a predator and terrible. Um, I did love that his eye makeup matched the cat's eyes, he's which I think is saying, really cute. He's going to be saying things like, because I'm a grown man with a cat suit. He's, you can't give me a role. <laughs> Except I think he's working on multiple things. Um, good for him, I guess. No, he's a predator. Yeah, I'm going to say no. He's a he's a predator, and I've heard many things about him being a weirdo. Yeah. But he is tall and male and white, so. Also, just the cringe factor alone from preparing for his role as the Joker. Yeah. Not a good look. Big barf. Um, but, yeah, I was just watching videos of the Met, and Anne Hathaway looks fucking stunning as always she's truly timeless i didn't care much for her until maybe this past like two years um because now i do see that she's actually very talented and fucking aging like a literal princess and i really appreciated that interview she had with like ellen even though ellen's garbage um about the drinking thing i thought that was really sweet for those who haven't seen that interview because you don't watch ellen because ellen's trash um she stopped she has a kid and she's like yeah i love drinking but i don't think i'm gonna drink until you know at least while my kid lives at home because you know i took him to school once and i was in the passenger seat and i was hung over and even that one morning like i missed too much of his life so i'm gonna stop drinking that's beautiful it is it's cool i i respect that um, also a testament to a lot of other things you miss out on by being hung over yeah not completely there. entire fucking days yeah i'm uh i'm entering that part of my life where i'm like reevaluating my relationship with alcohol and 
having to put some bad habits to bed. Yeah. Oh, this is my plug for Single Drunk Female on Freeform, which I expected to be, you know, it's fucking Freeform. It's ABC. It's very like PG TV, um, but it's not super cheesy. I mean, it is cheesy, but like not really. It feels like it could be maybe not HBO and maybe not Showtime, but it could be, I don't know, what's like a middle ground like uh channel like somewhere between network and cable yeah exactly um feels like it could be an mtv show without being trashy maybe not uh, mtv but like the way you're describing it maybe more like a uh, an fx or tbs kind of thing yeah yeah something like that um it's really cool it's about uh, 20 something i think she's like 27 at the start of the show and she you know it's like, I'm not an alcoholic. And then she does all this alcoholic behavior stuff. And she's like, damn it. And she has to go to rehab for like court and stuff. And she's like, oh, I don't remember the past 15 years of my life. Um, and it's a really good show. And it's inspiring, I think, because you see her work through it. And it doesn't like sugarcoat necessarily. I mean, as much as a freeform show could unsugarcoat something as destructive as being an alcoholic anyway that's my pitch for that show it's on hulu both seasons um (laughs) this isn't an ad i don't have ads um not yet not yet maybe one day maybe one day i can like pedal i don't know verizon i'm a grown woman with a podcast exactly i can pedal verizon as the best networks you can look at all this free advertising i'm doing all right you can't give me an ad anyway we're here with my sound guy his name is sean uh he edits the sound that i do i edit the sound i record you send me files that i can then upload yep um thanks for all you here <laughs> um wow i just realized this story is a really odd format for the story or this podcast is a really odd format for the story i'm about to talk about maybe this is the first one where you uh use ai to uh caption it yeah but i, ha- I need to transcribe it all right we're gonna yeah, figure out how to transcribe this just go to chat gpt put the link in and be like transcribe this see what it does oh that's not a bad idea i don't know if that's how chat gpt works but i'll give it a shot um okay let's kick it off today's story my sources are a wikipedia article a vice video and an article by kqed um so on a night in 1978 either a man named robert hanrahan or a woman named daphne hanrahan was walking down the street getting a burrito on 16th and Valencia when she saw space for rent. She was intrigued. He was intrigued. They were intrigued by the space for rent because they were the manager of a local San Francisco punk ska band called The Offs. They walked into the space and saw two men watching TV without any sound on Eventually, they realized if they wanted to talk to these guys, they'd have to write something down. She wrote a note explaining that she wanted to rent the space. And the guy Bill, she later, she, and the guy Bill, they later found out, wrote back the words, okay, and $250. So they wrote back, okay. 
They didn't know it at the time, but they had just stumbled upon the San Francisco Club for the Deaf. It was a small little house that served as a clubhouse and community center for the deaf and hard of hearing locals. I couldn't find much more information on the history of the deaf community in San Francisco, which feels incorrect. Like, there's got to be something out there. I mean, there has to be. There has to be. Uh, But I'm, you know, going to look into it more. If you listening know anything more specifically about the deaf community in the Bay Area, uh, please DM me because I'm here to learn. But what I can say is that there currently are, like to this day, still thriving, a handful of organizations in the Bay devoted to bringing visibility to the deaf community and championing a more equitable world where everyone's included. Monica is going to link you to the Instagram accounts once she posts this episode and makes her Instagram post about it. I sure am. Um, But so what happened next is just a really cute, very... I think, you know, when we look back through history of, you know, odd couples, it you know, they all make sense for some reason. Um, But at the time, I was like, how does this work? But hindsight, it's like, duh, it worked. Of course, they're the perfect pair. Um, So the Deaf Club... It was the location at 530 Valencia. It became one of the premier punk venues in San Francisco right after like that first punk show was booked with the offs. Mm -hmm. Though the bookings of these punk shows weren't initially intended to be like for the deaf community, it turns out that it became a really beautiful friendship. The deaf folks who would hang out at the deaf club because, you know, it was their community center um, they would stick around for the punk shows at night. And a lot of the deaf community really dug the vibes. You know, I was just thinking about this. Like, this is before, like, cell phones. Correct. How difficult must this have been to live deaf, like, back then? You know, there wasn't, like, closed captioning on the TVs. Like, you couldn't just turn subtitles on for whatever you wanted to watch. Oh, absolutely. You didn't have a magic notepad in your pocket with unlimited ink that you could use to communicate with uh, hearing-abled people. Absolutely. Super isolating. And I think that's why this was such, like, a monumental thing for the local deaf community and, you know, the punk scene in itself. But, yeah, the world was not built for like anyone with disabilities and it's you know our it's only become like a recent like um ideal of society to accommodate for people who are like differently abled which yeah is like it's a like bummer seeing, that it takes so long it's like how you've you know noticed that all the corners in san francisco are now being retrofitted with blind bumps mm-hmm. yeah and about time it's crazy well and i've i might have mentioned this podcast on this podcast here before but it's called 99% invisible and there was an it's about things that exist in our world that we don't think about you know they're invisible to us and there was an amazing episode on what are known as curb cuts which are I don't want to call them ramps but I guess they're like the mini inclines that you get on corners of streets so like right where you see blind bumps now we know that most sidewalks have like a little ramp to get you from the curb to the street. And those were spearheaded by like the disabled community, differently abled community in Berkeley, I think during like the seventies or eighties, like way too recently. 
Um, and it's only because of like wheelchair users over there in Berkeley that it's like a national standard to have um, cuts in the curb so that wheelchairs can easily get around. Because before that, like you just can't. You, what if the curbs, some curbs are like four inches high. Like that's fucked up. Taller than that. Some of them are like a foot tall. Yeah, it's fucked up. So now it's like the legal and that started right in Berkeley because of that community being like, hey, you can't like not let us live kind of thing, like advocating for themselves because no one else was advocating for them. Yeah, but that's also like one of those things where it's like it makes so much sense now. And that's like Mm -hmm. why it was like a no brainer. Like nobody voted against that. Like it's just like it was a fight, though got to listen to the episode 99 percent visible it's called curb cuts um it's fascinating and then there's um a word and i'm blanking on the word or phrase but it's about the kind of unattended benefits of things so you know you they did this for wheelchair users but think about all the other people it helps it helps people in walkers it helps old people with bad knees it helps young people with bad knees it helps parents with strollers like before the blind bumps they made great skate spots well i'm so, i'm sorry for your loss that's cool i quit skating because <laughs> of the bad knees yeah because you're an old person with bad knees now you really benefit from those curb cuts i'm turning 30 next month call me old one more time and i'm gonna start calling you a whippersnapper <laughs> i am a whippersnapper because i'm so for long youth- i'm so youthful um not until august <laughs> Yeah, then August comes and I'm 30. It's fine. It's meant to be the best decade of life, right? There's only so many things that could go wrong in they the next 10 years. For, they say your 40s are fucking cool. I feel like they're cool because you've given up. What do you think happens in your 30s? You start giving up, but it's a slow process. You stop giving a shit in your 30s. Ah, and then you give up. The preposition changes. I think give up and accept are two words that are very different okay. but need to be swapped all right same same but different I, okay all right i'll give it if you're in your 40s listening to this please dm me tell what it's like tell me what it's like she also likes older men so i haven't dated anyone who's 40 not yet no not yet <laughs> <laughs> uh if there's any 40 year old men out there who aren't hideous hit me up um just kidding Unless you have a podcast network. Just kidding. Or you're rich and don't (laughs) care if your girlfriend has a boyfriend. (laughs) Yeah, that too. Uh, (laughs) But that's negotiable. (laughs) Just kidding. Okay. I hate you. No, you don't. Um, I like you in a professional way. Right. That's good. Um, Okay. So the deaf community really dug the vibes, and by vibes I mean the literal vibrations of the punk music. Like I said before, the deaf club became a premier spot for punk bands to perform and even record, and the Dead Kennedys played there and recorded there a lot, which is super random, really cool. The list of punk bands that played there was like super expansive, but because I'm not super familiar with the genre, I didn't list out all the names in my notes because they don't mean anything to me were there any big names did you see like the circle jerks on there i think there was a band called the jerks 
I don't know. I'll have to check. Maybe, uh, maybe germs. I don't know. I can, you know what? I can just look really quick. It was the Wikipedia page. Black flag. No black flag. Yeah. Um, but like a lot of other really cute small bands. Did the Offspring play? <laughs> no. Yeah, they aren't punk. <laughs> um, okay. Dead Kennedys, Tux Do Moon, The Units, The Zeros, Crime, The Dills, Flipper, Negative Trend, Los Microwaves, The Jars, Minimal Man, Voice Farm, Humans, Pearl Harbor and The Explosions. Jesus Christ, that's very punk. Um, the Sleepers, Avengers, Fax Tricks, B People, SSI, Non, MX80, VIP Dollar Sign, KGB. Hmm. Um, I think I'm gonna start a punk band. Germs. There we go. Germs is on here. There and we Wall go. Wall of Voodoo. I think um, and the Vandals. I think I'm gonna start a punk band, and it's gonna be called um, the Bad Thing and the Cause of the Bad Things. So it's one name. Yeah. The Bad Thing and the Cause of the Bad Thing. Yeah, like Pearl Harbor and the bombs. Ah, got it. And the explosions. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I see what you did there. I was trying to be clever and uh, wasn't clever enough, apparently. Sorry. Um, so the Dead Kennedys were there. All those other bands I listed. It was a lit scene. Because the venue was literally meant for the deaf community, the club developed inclusive language to be used at the bar. Three fingers meant you wanted wine. Thumbs up meant a beer. And every show obviously took a bunch of collab between the bands and the people who worked at the venue who were the deaf community the singer from the punk band called the dinette shared with vice that she was setting up with her band for a show there once and watched a lot of employees blowing up balloons and kind of attaching them to their chests eventually she realized that the deaf audience would use these balloons to really heighten their sense of feel they'd feel the vibration in the balloons and it gave them just a really tactile experience which i think is super fucking cool and makes sense and what is that is that physics that must be physics. It's like air pressure and stuff. It's uh, sound waves interacting with matter. Yeah. I mean, that's what a speaker is. It's just matter that moves. I mean, air is matter, but um, it's just... Uh, Science. Yeah, it's just sound waves. Good old... It's particles, particles hitting good your old phys- If you know uh, the physics of sound, please DM me. I mean, I do. I just don't think this podcast would be very interesting if I explained how all this works. <laughs> Touche. DM me. Maybe. Uh, (laughs) So they'd also put their hands on tables and kind of anything else to feel the vibrations. Also, because of this desire for visual and physical experience, the deaf community made really good mosh pitters Mm -hmm. because they were just like fucking into it. About it. They were about it. They'd dance their fucking asses off. That's funny. I'm just like imagining a bunch of people running around with like balloons at a punk show. That's kind of like what happens at raves, but the balloons aren't filled with air. What are they filled with? Nitrous oxide. Ah, drug joke. Love it. Um, Is that a drug? Dentists use it. Yeah, it's a drug. (laughs) Dentists use it in their offices with patients because they're doctors. Okay. (laughs) Well, they're dentists, so... (laughs) They hate hate that one joke. (laughs) Four out of five dentists hate this joke. (laughs) The punk bands especially loved this venue 
because they could literally never play too loud and the lyrics never offended anyone. That's a great point. (laughs) I wonder if there was ever a scenario where they were like, would you write down your lyrics for us? Maybe, probably. Interesting. But also I feel like, again, I know nothing about the punk genre other than what I've seen um, on that show about the Sex Pistols and whatever Sid and Nancy doc I've watched. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like they weren't really committed to their lyrics. It was more of a like, I'm going to scream these words this time. Like, I feel like the lyrics were pretty fluid. Yeah. Like they weren't committed to them necessarily. You mean like... They were committed to the message, but like maybe their lyrics would change every... Maybe. I don't know. Is that how songs work? <laughs> I don't I don't think you're just making up stuff on the fly when you're in a, when you're in a band like that. Everything's pretty rehearsed. Wow. That's not very punk. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, it was just a completely judgment-free zone, which like punk is meant to be. Uh, people of all races and colors and creeds and orientations all showed up to the deaf club. Um, and it was just all about the music and the vibes and being together. And I think there's a huge misconception. I think there's a, I think people who know, know, and people who don't want to know, refuse to know that punk at its core is about like inclusivity. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's what it is. Like yeah, the most, it comes from feeling ostracized. Yeah. I mean, people think punk is like being tough and like, no, like tough and like a badass and stuff. But like, no, being punk is just about the most I'm, punk thing you can do is be yourself. Yeah not care about what anybody else thinks. Yeah. That's punk. Punk isn't starting a show where you destroy a homeless encampment in Oakland <laughs> and then fucking brag about it online. Like, that's the opposite of punk. That's so not punk. Yeah, like, fucking with homeless people is, like, very not punk. No. It's probably the least punk thing you can do. I don't remember who they are, but we all saw their name, and hopefully they're not doing what they do anymore because those are some bad people. Some bad hombres, as ex-president Trump would say. Oh God! What a PTSD. name. PTSD. Um, oh, might be a current. Might SD? be F- FTSD. <laughs> Future. Current. Current. No. Post traumatic. C. TSD. Yeah, CTSD. Um, wow, words are hard. Okay. The collision of these two communities made total sense because, like we just said, punk is about being accepted and not feeling targeted for being different or out of the norm. So, like, like I started this episode by saying, odd couple that actually makes perfect fucking sense. Uh, sadly, the venue only lasted 18 months before being shut down for Take a Guess. Noise violation? Yep. Hell yeah. <laughs> um I think it's funny, but, like, I get it. They had, they had neighbors. Um, I mean, yeah, of course. Like, It's now Los Amigos Restaurant, which I looked up on Google. It's, like, blue and white outside. It has a um, parklet. It's right across from one of the bars we go to. It's on the 500 block of Valencia. It's, like, right in it. Is it the Pupuseria? No. Oh, it's on Valencia. Yeah. Okay. Between 16th and 17th. So it's right there former spot of the deaf club interesting yeah and that is punk and the deaf club in san francisco 
I wonder, that makes me think, like, I, wa- I wonder how into it the deaf community got. Like, did did we see a wave of, like, deaf punks? Like, did they get into, like, you know, the typical punk garb wearing, like, safety pins and studs? I think that is a really interesting question, and I'm not really sure. Um, but I do know, based on everything I read, that this club was super influential for laying the groundwork for the future of punk in San Francisco. Um, because like a lot of places didn't want to rent to punk venues and actually the deaf club it was never its plan to like be the spot for punk shows but because of you know whatever economic like issues that were going on they were like well this money helps pay our rent so sure tell all your punk friends to book their shows here that's kind of like what goes on with like electronic music events in the city it's it's like it's like you have to be kind of like on the dl about like what you're doing Right. Yeah. And that's the name of the game. I feel like that's the name with all like music, right? Why do people hate music? Why do the powers that be? Well, they don't. Hate... If you're going to if you're going to bring like a chamber orchestra. That's not fun. Yeah, people don't like fun. It's what young people like. That's true. And then they're 30 and jaded and they're like, "I'm trying to sleep. It's 9:15 on a Thursday." Yeah. We're talking about people that don't go to the symphony because it gets out too late. I have been really wanting to go to the symphony. We're going to an orchestra on Monday. Oh, yeah. It's on my calendar. I'm excited. It's at a church, though. It is at a church, but... We both might burn. First one to burn wins. Well, I'm not baptized and took communion, so... Mm, So, that'll be you. You win. I win. (laughs) I get internal, internal, eternal salvation yeah but also eternal guilt it's generational that's true i'm so guilty all the time i'm sorry that catholic guilt man what's it like to not have a conscience what that's where the guilt stems from uh you mean what's it like to not be a bad person but feel like i have to be a good person yes. for a book <laughs> for a man it feels pretty it always is about a man sean the first book in the Bible is not about a man. It's about a man and a woman. It's about two women. One that gets thrown out like a piece of garbage. And then one that... Who's that? Uh, before Eve, there was... A snake. A child. <laughs> no, before Eve, there was... Uh, I've God, I always fantasized about naming, naming my kid this. Oh, God. Lilith? Lilith. Mm, that was a character Lilith. on Supernatural. Uh, she was evil. The first woman... An empowered woman that was, like, too much of a badass for Adam's liking. Interesting. That checks out. Lilith is such a fucking sick name. Like, that's... It is, but it has too many evil connotations. Do you think you can baptize someone named Lilith? Probably. They baptize people named, like, Lucifer. Do they? I don't know. Let's Have name our kid. Let's Lucif- name our kid Lucifer. Have you been to a Lucifer Yo, baptism? how crazy would it be if I named my son Luke... But it was short for Lucifer. I like that, except if it was like, she goes by Liz, but her name's Lizard. I know a lizard. Do you? Yeah, he hangs out on rocks all day in the sun. <laughs> I was going to say, you have a connection. What was that meme? It was those screenshots of a conversation between a girl and her landlord and like her flatmate or something. It was like, do either of you have access to a cat? And they're like, what? No. 
He's like, well, I think it'd be easier. There's a rat and I think it'd be easier than getting an exterminator. I think I have a lead on a cat. I'll be in touch. <laughs> and they're like, uh, so they just have the cat and they switch taking care of it until it catches the rat. Which I think is cute. Reminds me of an It's Always Sunny episode where they get a junkyard cat. I want a junkyard cat. No, you don't. They stink. But if I bathed it. Born into a pool of gasoline. Like like Lilith, I assume. Well, the dinosaurs were around back then, so they had yet to become gasoline. That's true. All right. Well, we'll end it there. We're having an eyeball malfunction. My contact's officially out. Love that. Okay. Well, everyone, love you lots. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Um, live, laugh, San Francisco. Mm-hmm.